Welcome to Passion Fruits, passion project for passionate people. I'm your digital cherry from Pac-Man, Daniel. Oh, nice one, Daniel. <laughs> uh, I am your apricot, Adam. No! And I must. <laughs> and I must. Use that so many times. <laughs> All right, fine. Then I am your, I am your, uh, uh, let's see. I am your agave, Adam. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. You're so Take proud that. of yourself. <laughs> so alliterative. And, uh, I mean, uh, it, it just gets the podcast off to a really, you know, fun start, you know, because really we're all co- <laughs> Really coherent and uh, really coherent start. Exactly. Thank um, you. Anyways, so, Mister Daniel. Yes, um, Mister Adam. What What do we do on this podcast, Daniel? Well, Mister Adam, <laughs> on this podcast, we discuss subjects that we're passionate about, subjects that our guests are passionate about, to really get to the nugget of what makes someone become a uh, fanatic of that certain subject or a, an obsessive fan. You know, going from that casual know nothing to that superhero fanatic that could take down anybody in a trivia contest at the bar. Um, Cause that's what we're doing these days, going to bars. Am I right? <laughs> the new uh, normal. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag zoom anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag too many zoom meetings. Um, what I said was too many zoom meetings. Those lines, God, they're just real bears trying to meet. Yeah, every single day. Um, <laughs> hello? Uh, anyone out there? <laughs> Real bears, huh? Real bears. Yeah. Usually Real what p- kind of bears? Grizzly bears? Black bears at the zoo? They're real bulls yeah. in the market. Um, so when are we uh, going to get the introduction? Or are we just going to keep on? <laughs> Shut up, guest. You're not allowed to talk yet. <laughs> so Adam, how was your week? <laughs> oh, it was lovely. Let me go on a 10-minute soliloquy of how my week was. We're a little giddy tonight because it's the we inauguration are. day and we're just so fucking pumped that uh, now Donald Trump's a private citizen and we can just give money to him privately. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can. <laughs> not in a centralized world. <laughs> Oh. So quit trying to introduce the subject <laughs> guest. I mean, Speaking been, of guests, he's, he's been cut off. He's been cut off from Twitter. He's been cut off from Visa, PayPal. Uh, all so all good. Um, yeah, sorry. Why don't we get into it, Adam? Quit fiddly farting around. Um, but yes, today we have a very special friend on, a very good friend on the uh, episode. Um, but, uh, guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I'll go with the, do I go with the fruit too? Uh, Yeah, if you want to. Okay. I am the hospitable uh, right side up, not upside down pineapple Pete, because we know upside down (laughs) means swingers. Um, (laughs) So I am pineapple Pete, and uh, we'll be talking about, I don't know, I hand it over to you, right? You oh, we're, we're talking about cryptocurrency today with Pete, the cypherpunk. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, see, when uh, Pete was about to talk about pineapples being upside down, Adam and I were getting like real like nervous a little bit, kind of sweaty, because as everybody knows, we're uh, swingers for each other. Um, well, no, oh. southern, southern hospitality is the pineapple, right? It became unaffordable during uh, the colonial times to own a pineapple. So you, you yeah. Yeah. Why don't we get into what we're talking about today, Adam? Sure thing. Especially what are because, we talking about? I mean, Peter, 
uh, we know that you listen intently to every single one of our episodes, so you <laughs> yes. really should know how this how this how this works. Um, exactly. But are you guys tracking me? We are. Okay. What? <laughs> no, of course not. I've viewed your episodes. That's um, what the chips and the COVID vaccine are for. Just uh, <laughs> tracking Passion Fruits podcast listenership. Please. It is a huge waste of money. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are in debt by millions <laughs> we have for to some reason for some reason no one's listening to our podcast <laughs> and we spent a lot of money figuring that out <laughs> they're not listening in the states they're not listening internationally they're not listening anywhere <laughs> this is when you guys gotta pivot um, yeah, yeah it's we're weird. gonna start like we, buying farmland yeah <laughs> I hear that they every podcast. We have billions of listeners, but I, I yes, can't, you know. billions, billions, Peter. Okay, as as we have proven with the many microchips that we planted throughout uh, within the COVID vaccine, we should so, take this. Mm-hmm. We should take this live on YouTube. I think. Yes, I think that's a good idea. An excellent idea. Okay. Um, you figure out, uh, you and Peter figure out how to get it set up. I will sit there. I will actually just prop a mannequin up dressed like me. <laughs> we can do that. I'll make, I'll make a puppet. Uh, perfect. Yes. Uh, so today we are talking about cryptocurrency. And the reason we brought Peter on is because he is a cryptocurrency aficionado. And before we dive into how P- you know peter's journey throughout the uh, the the underworld of the of the, uh, of, of cryptocurrency uh, let's talk a little bit about what cryptocurrency is it probably isn't as uh you know you know familiar of a, familiar of a subject for a good chunk of our listener listenership all you billions of passion fruiters out there yeah uh, especially so, all your old farts out there <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> this is the cool kids podcast we've got backwards hats on and uh, uh our skateboards under our feet we're doing ollies and sick kick flips all over the place <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> what have i got myself into <laughs> peter i ask that to myself every time we record but it's all hey. right <laughs> so crypto anyways daniel anyways uh, anyways crypto, cryptocurrency or or crypto for short is a digital <laughs> wow. asset designed to work as a medium of exchange where mm. an individual wherein individual coin ownership record records are stored in a ledger existing in a form of com- form a computer bi- computerized database using strong cryptography to secure transaction records essentially to control the creation of coins as well as to verify the transfer of coin ownership so it's this when we talk about this digital currency it's like fake internet points it's, it's if like facebook likes were crypt work or currency right so <laughs> exactly kidding. the whole idea around cryptocurrency is that it is a it utilizes a decentralized method of control as opposed to centralized digital currency and centralized banking systems, which you know, centralized banking systems are you know, millennia old at this point in time. And we'll get into a little bit more about you know, how cryptocurrency is created, uh, but you know, some of the more popular ones and probably the one that most people have heard of is Bitcoin. And, Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Uh, and, and Peter, fact check us on this, but Bitcoin was created back in like the late 2000s. 
essentially. I don't know. Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> Super passionate guest on. Uh, it's invented in 2008, Adam. Yeah, all I know is I don't really know the date. And like the thing is because there's multiple white papers of when this was released. And this is when we get into mm. like the interesting things of like cryptocurrency. It may have been released to the market in 2008 and you get into like the exchanges of access and stuff. But there were white papers for this long before. Um, and then there have been patents on it as well. And one of the creators, uh, of like one of the other cryptocurrencies I follow, uh, he had it like some, some white paper out in like 1980. So like these things have been around for a while. It's only like, I guess when you start wondering why was it released around 2008, which is around the the largest financial crisis of our time. And Mm -hmm. as you know, we have like now the second biggest financial crisis, which was, I guess, last year, but potentially on a, we're on the precipice of like the largest Great Depression um, since 1930s. So I imagine that, again, where you can talk about cryptocurrency, but I imagine it's, it's, it exists for an entirely different purpose than you and I might even uh, think at initially is just like, oh, it's to avoid the, the man, it's to get out of his, his kind of centralized control. But it could be um, have even longer historical origins. So, hmm. yeah, I think that that entire idea around a distributed form of exchanging value is, I mean, and and, and I, th- you know, the the white papers as as you mentioned, Peter, have been around for a while, but I, but I think the realization of how to do this well and how to scale it has only come. And the information age, which is now based on the amount of computing power that we that we have, right? So, so you know, Peter, can you get into a little bit about what crypto is? How is how is cryptocurrency created? How do you discern between the different cryptocurrencies? Like, what what does that mean? So, if I'm I'm a if I'm a lay person on the street and I say I want I want a Bitcoin, what does it take for me to acquire or make a Bitcoin? Well, Bitcoin can be acquired just like anything else as you exchange your, your fiat money, uh, your paper dollars for a different type of asset. And this asset and this kind of view is Bitcoin. It's a cryptocurrency. So I could exchange my, my fiat money for other services. I could exchange it for gold and silver. I could exchange it for anything. Um, and, and that's really where... In terms of like, I guess you get to like access, you got to access it on different exchanges. Um, and these exchanges are typically like professional exchanges, which allow like investors to speculate since it is like a new market. Or um, you can now, this, I think, what was it, 2020, uh, the summer, summer 2020, that was when PayPal and Square allow you to now act like buy cryptocurrency. However, they don't actually allow you to own the cryptocurrency or custody your cryptocurrency. So like, just as I said, like I can exchange my fiat money for some asset. Um, I actually own that asset, but if I do it through PayPal square or somebody else, I don't actually own it. They own it. And I kind of just have like a little ones and zeros on a computer screen that says I have it, which in reality doesn't mean I actually have it. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a different different kind of medium. And 
you know, you, well, your mind sounds blown, Daniel. You're like, sorry, I was just running from a dog. <laughs> I do all these recordings outside. <laughs> and talk, talk a little bit more, Peter, about how cryptocurrency is mined, because I think that there's mm. this, um, there's this movement within like the tech world of like, Oh, especially probably what, you know, four or five years ago where everyone was into mining Bitcoin, essentially mining cryptocurrency. What, what does that mean? And and, I think they still are, uh, but but it's going to be increasingly less and less, uh, primarily like mining, you're rewarded for your effort on, on solving and validating the blockchain, specifically Bitcoin. Uh, Ethereum, you can do the same. Uh, there's other like cryptocurrencies you can you can mine. Um, there's like Bitcoin Cash, which is a fork of Bitcoin. Uh, you can just basically get rewarded for your efforts of maintaining the blockchain and 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 kind of validating it. And so like the process typically involves like along like I guess Bitcoin specifically is like validating their data blocks, adding that transaction record to like their their ledger so that is kind of like mining in a nutshell um i actually tried to explain like mining and i actually find it like very similar to like mining gold or silver is like you're, you're putting in effort into building kind of the infrastructure to extract potentially the reward which is gold or silver um from a mine and for this it's just like you extract the currency which is bitcoin or something else hmm. I think that the stark difference there is there is a finite amount of gold or silver or you know or you know insert tangible resource here in the world and the scarcity of that resource dictates its relative value on the market. And so can you talk a little bit about you know where uh well, there's a finite you know, supply of Bitcoin, too. I was going to say, isn't there a that, finite that, supply of Bitcoin? I've that, that read was, the blogs. That's who my, my question is. How, how is there a finite supply of Bitcoin if what it takes, once again, at a layman's level, is it takes people, uh, you know, machines solving complex equations to, to get more Bitcoin, essentially? Hmm. Wait, can you ask that again? So how... how how is it that there is a quote unquote finite amount of Bitcoin when it is this non-tangible asset? Because at the inception, there was supposed to be 21 million Bitcoin uh, for the money supply. And I'm not exactly sure why 21 million was set, but like other cryptocurrencies have like 50 million. Other cryptocurrencies have 50 billion of uh, kind of their currency in circulation. And then some potentially hold it in escrow. Uh, some kind of burn their currencies just to to start to kind of create deflation or inflation. So they start to create kind of like these these other mechanisms that when you look at like our system today of fiat dollars, what are they doing? They're just printing those dollars away. So mm-hmm. you kind of just look at it the same as like what mechanism or of governance for their currency supply are they pursuing? I think for yeah. Bitcoin... Again, I'm not, and I'm not fully an expert in Bitcoin. I, I like other 
currencies that are in the market that I think are more u- like useful. Bitcoin is primarily, again, there are the, the big Bitcoin maxis, which would be like, no, Bitcoin's going to be the one to rule them all. Um, and <laughs> oh, might, like the one ring. Yeah, yeah, like the one ring, right? Terrifying. And then someone might find out that Bitcoin was probably created by like, I don't know, Gollum. a U.S. defense contractor, and it will wind <laughs> up just going to go to zero because it's not actually useful. So, mm. um, it, yeah, I, I think that's a really important point. And there, there's a reason I asked that question, and, I, and it gets back to the whole idea around blockchain and a secure distributed ledger. Because so I think that's a big question among a lot of people's minds is, is oh, if people are literally the impression is that people are quote unquote mining Bitcoin and therefore creating it out of thin air or out of, you know, ones and zeros because they have high powered computers. But the whole idea around a distributed ledger is that the valid, that, that work has to be validated by the entirety of the community. Right. So you can't just like surreptitiously add Bitcoin to, you know, to, to your pile without having verified that with the rest of the, with the rest of the ledger, correct? A little different. So I, I would look at it as like, so crypto mining really is the reward mechanism for creating another block or verifying a transaction. It's not for mm-hmm. creating anything out of thin, thin air. So that part is right. You're not creating anything out of thin air. Like if mm-hmm. there's utility to the blockchain, someone like exchanging a good of service. Um, I want to verify that I sent uh, Adam and Daniel a, I don't know, <laughs> like a one Satoshi, which is, I don't know, like I forget what the the, the breakdown of, because like Bitcoin is broken down into like Satoshis too. So like now we're getting to like the actual kind of math, math of it, which I'm not all that smart on, but you can you can ultimately when you like transact have that that verification step as a way to create trust between you and me. So hmm. there is a node on the blockchain that when I send it across that chain because they're in blocks, it will go to each kind of different block, then verify, and then someone potentially um, creates a new block to say, okay, this is something that has been happening between Daniel, Adam, and Peter. Um, code execute and then someone kind of like you could think of little tiny elves like just being like tick 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 mining it and then creating the little block <laughs> and then they'll be like hey we're verified and then like okay back to peter all right like back to daniel and, and adam um and then kind of go through those different things of verifying it and that's really the blockchain it's like something that is a ledger and a record system and the people who are involved in the mining are just kind of supporting that infrastructure for better or worse. There'll be a point where there won't be necessarily like the, the benefit to uphold that infrastructure will be too expensive. Cause like you have countries who are like putting their power supply and energy to, to mine cryptocurrency. Like the, I think Iran was just shut down. Uh, Uganda was shut down. China had the three gorges has like the three gorges dam hydropower like working for mining cryptocurrency because it's just so expensive right now yeah. like in terms of energy cost and this is like a whole another issue um, but ultimately when we go back to like that verification it's a algorithm 
that was designed at the start by Satoshi Nakamoto to say like, okay, this is how it's going to work to verify Bitcoin in this way. And then would he imagine that today you have nuclear energy plants or hydroelectric dams being diverted to mine cryptocurrency? I don't think so. <laughs> My question is, <laughs> since um, it's digital and there's no like physical paper money, how do you think Bitcoin owners make it rain in the club? <laughs> well, <laughs> do you have you ever played? Have you ever beaten solitaire? Where like all the cards go cascading down. I, I have. That's how I imagine it is. I have, but I would also <laughs> hope that that in a you know virtual world, you can do that on your own via VR. You won't mm. actually need paper to do that. And you know, VR clubs. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Very uh, environmental, the, kind the, of. I the, guess, it, but we're talking about using a bunch of power. So it's the um, uh, that which is why normal. blockchain will probably be shut down. It's just not environmentally friendly. And, and that's mm. that's when you get into other cryptocurrencies that are looking to be kind of zero emission, um, not really kind of destructive to the environment. Because mm. like, like I said, you're, you're diverting energy that could be powered to actual people's homes uh, for mining a blockchain. Because like in these, in these instances of like Iran, Venezuela, Brazil, like all these like kind of people I talk to in Brazil, they're like, you know, like our dollar is worthless. So it's worth putting our money and energy into mining cryptocurrency because like, at mm -hmm. least I'll get something um, instead of my kind of like Brazilian real or something. So right. it's, it's, I mean, it's, it starts with a great idea, like everything. It's, it's a great idea at its inception, but then it kind of evolves or I would say devolves into chaos. And, and that's kind of where we're at. We're at a tipping point of where cryptocurrency can go and what people really want to do from the regulation standpoint. So, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, what do people use it for? Because, you know, it's not like, you know, there are very few storefronts that are taking, you know, Bitcoin as an acceptable form of payment at this point in mm. time. Um, you know, what, what does that look like, Peter? And how are people using it? Um, and, you know, talk a little bit about, you mentioned that it's a store of value and not necessarily a currency. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know if like a lot of your, your listeners, your billions of listeners know about like stores mm -hmm. of values and currencies, but like the, the store of value is like something that doesn't depreciate and isn't affected by like hyperinflation. So you can think of like the Weimar Republic and like people weirbowering dollars in Germany uh, to the store. Like that, that's like hyperinflation or like just pure fluctuations in your, your, your currency. So like a store of value is something that you can hold uh, for hopefully during those, those like fluctuations. And then currency and, and like fiat money is just, again, the fiat money is our, our current US dollars, our Euro dollars, our Brazilian real. It's, it's just what is transacted with in today's society. Um, hmm. it's, it's fiat, it's, it's paper. It's, I don't know, it's, to me, it's useless anymore. And especially as you, as they say, they want a stronger dollar in the U S Janet Yellen. Great. Um, she's a big liar. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. So, shots fired. Yeah. Shots fired already <laughs> coming at this administration on inauguration day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like Beanie Babies could be a store of value today. Mm. Like, because I don't know, they're selling for like $65,000. Like, whoever thought that? What? Like, <laughs> get, get, get 
Biden on the phone. We gotta invest in beanies. Yeah, we should. We're a beanie baby. We're a beanie baby population where we just start exchanging beanie babies. Oh, you want perfect. A, you want you want a food a loaf of bread? I will give you uh, this duck. It gives whole new meaning to bean counters. Am I right? Oh God! I see that, Daniel. Thanks. Oh, brother. Where were we? <laughs> no, we were in the store of value. So did, I think I, I think I answered your store of value. And, and yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you talked about a store of value versus you know versus a currency, you, say, you know stores of value are insulated from hyperinflation and so on and so forth. Is you know one once again from a layman's perspective. From a layman's perspective, uh, you know one looks at the value of Bitcoin in U.S. dollars that has shot up over the last, you know, three months, four months at this point in time. Oh, well, you, you guys, you guys, it's been, been a little bit longer than that, but yeah. (laughs) Okay. But like years, Adam, years, you know, the, 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 so the, the intrinsic value. So Bitcoin's value versus it's, Versus the fiat currency has fluctuated a lot. And so what and can so I actually use of, it for, right? That was your other yeah, question. Yeah, so exactly. So yeah, what, what what are people using this for? And and are people using it as an investment? Are they just sitting on it? Like what and there's you know, it's well known that there's some nefarious stuff going on with how people use Bitcoin as well. Right. Yeah. So can, can I mean, talk I mean, that? that 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 was when there were Silk Roads and stuff, and that was also in the early days of Bitcoin when Mt. Gox, which is like one of the exchanges that I mentioned, in order to access like Bitcoin, you had to go to these exchanges and people set them up, and then like Mt. Gox is like one of the famous ones I think that was in Japan, and it just shut down, and then everyone lost their Bitcoin, and they're like, oh crap or they, like, or they forgot their password for their bitcoin wallet yeah and, and what's funny is like that's just sheer stupidity and i think that's also what people are are trying to like make the common people afraid is like oh i forgot a password now i can't access all this money but mm-hmm. like that's your fault right like, like at the end of the day if you actually believed in something and you actually believed in that, that store of value, you would probably hold on to it. It's there, like Bitcoin is not a get rich quick scheme. I mean, I mean, there are people in this, like any speculative market who, who just want to get rich quick. Um, but there are people who also really believe in this technology and they're pushing the envelope on what the future should be like, because from like my view, uh, I can use Bitcoin what I would love to do is for anything, but there are, <laughs> there are unfortunately only a few sites today, uh, porn sites, you know, that I, I exchange my Bitcoin for No, um, <laughs> but no, actually I think they take Litecoin now. I saw, um, oh, thank yeah, God because Bitcoin's too valuable. Um, and also it's not really regulated. Nothing's really regulated, but you, there were a lot of gaming websites that are set up to, receive cryptocurrency and like if you use i guess any uh you guys you guys play video games i don't play it but you have your own cryptocurrency in there like you're paying fiat dollars and exchanging to buy like goods in grand theft auto or something it's kind of it's its own little currency for the world so that that's kind of like what's going on today whether or not i can buy food for it no i think today I mean, I signed I signed up for a couple of wait lists on uh, credit cards to get like cryptocurrency back as as cash 
back or crypto back. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah. So like it's coming and I, and I think people need to be aware of, of it and not be afraid of what like the news and media is telling you like, Oh, it fluctuates like up and down. And you realize the dot, like the DXY, the, the Dixie, the dollar us dollar fluctuates its currency in relative to other currencies. So it's, there's nothing really different about it. Um, and I think it's making people more educated about their money because everyone I talked to who's on my team abroad is like, yeah, like we always view our dollar in relation to your U.S. dollar. And I think that's kind of where Americans have to be, but we're pretty stupid. Well, I think <laughs> that's from a U.S. standpoint, even from people within the European Union that have had fairly stable currency for you know a long time, that it's it's taken as fact that your investments which are valued in dollars or euros or you know british pound sterling will be relatively stable but that is not the case for a good chunk of the world right yeah so, like greece, greece doesn't didn't have a stable currency and then they went to the euro and now they want to get back and like all these mm-hmm. all these southern european countries and yeah most of South America and Central America have experienced some form of hyperinflation in one way, shape, or form. So I can definitely see where uh, perhaps not here in the U.S. immediately. Uh, but you know, and this, this harkens back to what you were saying at the very beginning of the podcast, Peter, around you know, if we're on the brink of financial you know, or, you know, financial or economic depression here in, or even recession, you know, if you look back at 2008, 2009, you know, people's life savings disappeared. Um, well, people's life savings has disappeared today. Yeah. We have like over 20 million people unemployed. Um, that still hasn't been addressed by, uh, on this inauguration day or, or the president before. Um, we have uh, a recession, I think is classified and like I've I've only got into like finance during this like and cryptocurrency like because of COVID because I'm like holy shit like what what just happened like you're telling me we shut down borders we shut down everything for like a week and not knowing what we're gonna do and then everything collapses it's a little strange from my perspective that everything yeah. was coordinated so then I was like okay weird um, but I'll take it for what it is and then you start looking all around and you you start to notice things that are like kind of like these little vibrations that are like okay this this seems to be kind of happening like cryptocurrency seems to be kind of rising up in in this area like as i said i i my colleagues are primarily in brazil i work for a brazilian company and so like during this time especially with the us they have had the worst um conversion of the us dollars it's like one one us dollar to six highs uh, and that's terrible like it, it was, they were like really happy in the beginning in all honesty of like, uh, maybe like 20, like the earlier of Trump's presidency, it was kind of stable. And, and all of a sudden, like last year that we talked more and more and they're like, yeah, it's gone up to five, it's gone up to six. And like, you're like, that's terrible. But like, I don't realize that I do not like consider that. Um, uh, and that, that's, that's really where it's like something where Bitcoin and, and digital currency is like, well, who's controlling this, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you start looking at like foreign exchanges and stuff, you realize that it's the banks. It's like everyone else who who you don't really think about, but ultimately they're the ones who are controlling the system and you're getting screwed. So you're the little guy and you're like, 
yo, f these guys. They're the ones like who <laughs> who make me make me like poor, make me lose my funds. And then you talk about like losing everything. Pension funds um, are run by banks, and you're like, why would you give your pension fund to a bank to run or uh, like a wealth manager? It makes no sense. But you know what? Governments do it. States do it, and we just give it to banks and don't think about it. So that that actually it transitions us nicely into uh, Coco Corner. So Coco Corner, it, what's that? You, <laughs> crazy, crazy corner. I don't know. Uh, no, it, it's Coco Corner. It's it's Coco <laughs> Corner to learn about, and, and you you started along this path, Peter. But you know what we really <laughs> want to do is get into the whole idea of like what what got you into it mm-hmm. what are you find most intriguing about it you know what are your and this is where you can kind of go off on your uh, on kind of exploring conspiracy theories and, and the, <laughs> the things that like i said intrigued you about the space uh and just like kind of your, you know, where where it started to where you are now and then the last is you know why uh, as i titled it why you're a crypto bro um, Why you know. you're a cypherpunk? Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Right. Um, so understanding, like, kind of <laughs> building on what what keeps you in the space, and kind of the the you know from an academic standpoint, from a practical standpoint of where you see the space going and, and what keeps you engaged with. Oh, uh, yes. This is the reason I'm in crypto. Hello. Yes. I'm Peter, the cypherpunk. Yeah. <laughs> from the grave. Doctor, <laughs> I'm coming back from the grave. I'm actually an AI talking to you from the grave. Uh, it's like um, the scientist in Captain America, Winter Soldier. When Captain America and uh, Black Widow go to the barracks where they find the AI, and he's like, "I'm just a computer, dude." The way you and said I, barracks, I thought you said uh-huh. bear X, and I was like, "They go to the bear X." I'm like, oh, "They go to the bear, bear ass." <laughs> it was this uh, knockoff Captain America movie I saw. <laughs> the the Captain really America, <laughs> Captain America, and the Winter Boner. <laughs> It's translated from some Chinese guy and he wrote everything incorrectly. Exactly. Anyways, what was the inflection point for you and really starting to study um, kind of the role of centralized banks within and how much it controls our economy, how, how much it can, how much they control our, our life, if you will. Mm. And then how that progressed into your interest in Bitcoin and presumably you, you have, you know, you you have value in Bitcoin in Bitcoin now. So, what what did that look like? Where where did it start to where where you are now? So, I I guess I like first became intrigued in like Bitcoin, um, like actually around 2011, which was considered the first bull run. But I actually owned no Bitcoin. I had no idea how to buy it, and I was like, "What the hell is this? I'm not going to buy it. This is stupid." And then like <laughs> I, I find out like it goes to like a thousand dollars or something from like pennies. And then, like, my brother-in-law, who was at Google, was like, yeah, like, I sold it for $1,000, and he had, like, like a million Bitcoin. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, so he was in Silicon Valley, and it was all these, like, elitist Silicon Valley people who already had Bitcoin. Like, they did it for fun with one another. And mm-hmm. then, they could, then they could buy, like, houses, like, at the end. And I was like, what the hell? And then so, like, 2017 came around, 
Um, and I think that was like the, the second we'll, we'll consider like the bull run. And then I had like a couple of, of friends from high school who like were investing in it. And then they were even saying they were like starting to mine it. And I was like, okay, that sounds kind of dicey again, a little dangerous. And the cryptocurrencies that I wanted to invest in were so low. Uh, but again, you couldn't access them. You had to then give all this like weird, like localized information that like you're basically signing up for a bank account, like your social and everything else. I'm like, uh, okay. And then like I put a little money in and I was actually one of those ones, again, who was stupid. I was like, okay, I'm not going to ever use this. I put like $20 in and then I forgot my password. And then all of a sudden, like, yeah, like, cause you're like, oh, no. this isn't going to be used for anything. Um, but then, yeah, it went on like, uh, like another bull run. And then all of a sudden I remember the password. And then like, I think I heard everyone talking about it. And that's when you're like, you get out of investments, right? When everyone talks about Bitcoin, that's kind of when you get out of like the mm -hmm. investment. Um, but I just held it. I was like, it could be interesting. And then I was in Vietnam and I actually tried to build a, a product on a distributed ledger with like a, an escrow lockup. So that was kind of when I didn't even know what blockchain was. I was like, oh, I guess this is like something that I'm doing. That's kind of like blockchain uh, because I had studied databases for my master's program. Uh, at, um, and granted, I dropped out. Uh, but, but I was like, oh, like if you only you could organize data in a better way. Um, and that's kind of like all products. All right. It's like if you could organize data in a better way, you could make it faster, you can make it scalable, you could do like uh, like better latency, everything could be delivered to you. Um, so that that's like really like how I got into like cryptocurrency, like from the, the start of the years and stuff. And then there, there's like more like interest today. So like I said, that was like holy shit like your eyes are now open to like mm -hmm. the matrix when like the the whole crisis came uh and that that was scary to me because i was like like this covid thing i was like bam real interest rates changing mass unemployment stimulus universal basic income first time we've ever had it like the dollar is like diminishing currency manipulation banks manipulated um like I was like trying to figure out what the hell was going on and just you name it. Uh, it all came back to the banks and that, that was when I was like, okay, now there's something going on with this technology. If like you start seeing the amount of fines, the amount of $1 billion fine for manipulation of the markets, $390 million fine recently into uh, to, like today, the capital one, uh, into mm -hmm. AML, which is anti-money money laundering. Like all these things you start seeing more and more creep out. And that's what I'm talking about. Like corruption is like corruption is, is not gone with one administration to what to, to like, to, to like another, like these, these people who are in office, they are run by the banks and, and Joey, Joey B. I mean, he's a, he's a nice guy and all from Scranton, from Scranton, PA, my, 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 uh, my Commonwealth state. But, um, he is, he is in with the banks and, and you start to wonder, well, maybe like, you know, Trump is Donnie T I'll call him Donnie T cause I said Joey B. So Donnie T is someone who just raised hell on earth, right? He, he just raised everything up and you're like, what are you doing? Like, go back into your hole, go back into your Mar-a-Lago home. No one wants to see you, dude. Um, but 
But when you have like creepy individuals like that start to come up, you're like, okay, maybe I should take notice about like what he's saying and why, why like other people are really annoyed. And that's really when I was like, okay, I really dislike this person. I absolutely hate him as a person. Like I, I think you guys know is like well, the reason I, I love you guys is because like you're good people. And Aww. yeah, no, no, it's true. Like you want to be, we around. love you too, Pete. And you that's want- the end of the episode. <laughs> that's all we needed. <laughs> uh, I'm waiting for you to get in. Cause you're like, Daniel, I need my, I need to get my, my lines in my one liners. Uh, <laughs> but like, but like seriously, he, he, he raised hell on earth and that's not good for a lot of people because when you start doing that, other people start looking and when other people start looking, other people can also start taking advantage of the system. And so that's kind of where I think a lot of people who um, kind of look, look at these kind of transition of administrations on this day, I'm glad we're doing it, is because you also have to look at, well, I believe cryptocurrency is the future. I believe it's like what needs to happen because there's so much corruption that has happened since COVID alone. Like the Fed prints million billions of trillion like sorry trillions of dollars and who's it go to it goes to the bank's balance sheets it goes to like the the political um elites uh and then they have a hard time actually getting stimulus checks measly six hundred dollars out to the local person like come on like that's just bullshit like we gotta we gotta like get rid of that and that's why cryptocurrency is so important so you can get money to people faster you can actually trust me and you like i i know you guys um so i'm gonna gonna give you money because i know you guys i'm not gonna just trust a bank to hold it and then they basically do shit with it i mean i'm supposed to get trust them and say they're investing it but really i have zero returns on my bank so yeah and just wait guys just wait for negative interest rates like they have in europe and japan where they'll start charging us for them to hold the money yeah which is crazy like absolutely nuts, um, and and I, th- I think that that goes to the point. You know, uh, the broader point of you know, there are a number of reports out that say that COVID has ex- you know rapidly accelerated the wealth gap between the haves and the have-nots, and that's that's weird because logically um, that should not happen, but clearly there is a um, and not to sound too like conspiratorial or you know fight the man, but that it, it, it's there. There are two different worlds that people in the, in our society live in, and one is um, you know the the proletariat, if you will, like the the plutocracy that can take advantage of any situation, regardless of whether it's good or bad for the rest of the world. And that's the that's the scary thing at this point in time for me. Yeah, well, it's it's not only scary. Like, so the two dominant government forms today are communism and democracy, and those two dominant forms are used to exploit people. Whether we want to agree to that or not, they're very efficient at exploiting people for their own purposes. Um, and and I think that that's something that we have to kind of come to agreement on because the way we the system set up is not for you and me to succeed. It's not. It's set up for the people already in power to succeed. Yeah, it's it's state, you know, state sponsored wealth extraction. 
that's yeah, essentially yeah. Like and like like the governments that or the, there's different types of governance models like with cryptocurrency like i said like the way you you have your monetary supply and what you can do with it um you can create deflation create inflation you can exchange it for certain goods on that platform um i think that's brilliant and what we need uh it may create more noise in the start create create more disordinance uh, but but that to me seems more free than a command and control economy, which is right. I I'm subservient to someone all the time, and and that that's like that keeps me up at night. That's why I'm passionate about this is because like I don't want anyone to be subservient. Like no one wants that life. Yeah, like they hate they hate it. That's why there, there's 72 million people who voted for Trump. Like they, they absolutely feel like they're being walked on and like whether you view them as, as like the deplorables, the point is that you have to recognize that there's a common man, there's a common woman next to you, there's common uh, trans next to you, like whatever gender you want to identify, you got, you got to like help that person out as opposed to just being like, you'll work for me and I'll, I'll bring you down to whatever you are like we've we've traded we've traded goods and currency for like hours on a day and that's that's not something a world i want to live in yeah when you when you start banning people from your platforms you're going to go somewhere else um and you need like you can't stop the flow of money for just because you don't like someone and i know that's like very very like um like a callous way to look at the world. Um, but it also just is like, if, if someone wants to, to like support a nonprofit and they want to like use a payment platform and that payment platform says, no, you can't do it. Then like, that's pretty bad. Like that, that was the point of what, why some journalists were being funded with Bitcoin in these dangerous countries is because they had no other means of getting money. And, and so like, you gotta, you gotta think about these things where like, if, if the worst happens, like if the system breaks down, how are you going to, how are you going to like move, move currency? How are you going to like work with someone? Um, because we're going back into like the, like, like, uh, like balking kingdoms and like Austria, Hungarian empire where there were like sovereign kingdoms. Right. And so different people had different power and you had to negotiate with them in different ways. It was a very potentially violent time during that that like historical time. But you at least um, would have to find a way to gain consensus. And that's kind of like in a new form, you're doing it in an information way. You're finding a way to gain consensus on like a ledger and a database. Um, So I think it's a very exciting time. I think it's a very dangerous time. But I also think mm-hmm. it's it's a time we have to be aware of because the system today is not designed to support one of us. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I think it's also important to discern between or delineating between uh, economic systems of society mm-hmm. versus governance systems. Because um, I, I do think there is, uh, I mean, I was clearly not a fan of trump <laughs> um and i think some of the stuff that he said and you know whether or not we deplatform people or, or not 
uh, I think some of the stuff he said, like, like it was dangerous to our political system of, you know, our, our governance system. I, I, I'm, I know I'm probably leaning it a little differently and like, I'm, I'm very upset at the system, but I, I think relying on governments to, to help us is the wrong um, view. I think that's also something that leans more towards a, a different type of governance because they were like, again, in like the 1500s, 1600s, you have all different types of governments. You had like hospitals that had their own like military and currency. And, and, and that was like a different form of governance. And, and there are these different forms that are kind of like evolving. And that, that to me is what we're kind of moving through in this crypto currency way is like what type of, of governance structure may work in, in this information age, I think for, and maybe I'm just like, again, more passionate about it because I I'm involved in it um, a little bit more. Uh, but that to me is where I don't believe that for the vast majority of people, we, we should be looking towards like the government to solve our problems. Daniel. Silence. I don't know, man. It's all it's it's all fucking bullshit. Um, <laughs> like literally, all of this shit is bullshit. The paper money we have isn't real. The bitcoins we have aren't real. Right? Um, it sucks. That's why I don't have any any fiat currency anymore. I've I just got gold, silver, and Bitcoin and other currencies, cryptocurrencies. Do you think that people, uh, when we all switch over to Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies rather than hoarding paper cash under our mattresses. People will be hoarding iPads. <laughs> no, I actually, I think, I think, I think, and again, and in, in a decentralized world, I think many people will have a lot more autonomy than they would believe. So like, I think you guys know I'm in aviation today. We're talking about how like, our air traffic management system has not really evolved. Airport structures have not evolved. Airport infrastructure has not evolved for like 50 years. Um, so imagine a world where like you have these small local vertiports that are like the, you know, like the, the flying car that takes off from a small port goes to another small airport and is like an interconnected system. Well, you need like a decentralized node to manage that. And that continually pings, uh, and verifies that potentially this aircraft comes in. It's like the right aircraft it has the right passengers. It has the right fuel. It's been serviced. It's all this other stuff, um, and it's ready to land. So, like when you start thinking about like the future of like infrastructure, it potentially has like vast implications of of, of blockchain and distributed ledger technology to me. Um, so, so that's that's why this 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 kind of like is so inspiring to see because. It's something that you and me can, if we're interested, can kind of fund our own project. We can start building on this ledger. We can start uh, using open source technology and, and trying to create ideas. We can, um, even with low cost technology, we can create our own like cellular networks. Like I, I'm going all rogue now, but you can, uh, who needs a cell phone where you can create like your own private network that's like basically a couple kilometers with the people you know, and then no one can hack yeah. it and stuff yeah. i i think there is uh um uh, not not to be too contentious peter but that is an incredibly idealistic view of how human 
you know, humans can interact with each other and an assumption of technological uh, uh, equality and also a level of knowledge. I don't have faith in the, hu- in, 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 the, in the human condition to be able to manage something like that personally. <laughs> yeah. Why, if, if the banks are corrupt, then how is it going to be that uh, all the cryptocurrency holders won't ever become corrupt? No, like, I, I, they it, probably it gets will. down to the base levels of human that's in our um, DNA is that you get more power, you become more corrupt. Um, Spider-Man. The, with, <laughs> with, with greater power, power comes great with greater power, with greater power comes greater cryptocurrency. Um, <laughs> no, but, uh, but I, I mean, it's a, it's a good question, right? Because today Bitcoin is controlled by a lot of people. Um, or, well, let me verify that. Like Bitcoin is owned predominantly by, you call them whales, like people who, who own the majority of the Bitcoin. And that's not a fair system either. Uh, and then the mining isn't fair because China predominantly uh, does most of the mining. So there's also like a security risk is that like if they gain 51% of the control of the network, they could potentially attack it. And that's not fair either. So there are other cryptocurrencies, which I'm interested. I'm interested in the alts, the, the alternative uh, investments that are a little bit lower. Right. Um, like Litecoin and Ethereum. Well, Lite, and... Litecoin is, an, is a fork of Bitcoin. Mm, and so, Bitcoin Cash. Yeah, Bitcoin Bitcoin's a fork <laughs> Polka as well. Dot. Polka dot is, Polka dot, Polka dot's new. Polka dot's new. It's actually um, a different type of technology. Like Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum the ones that, and this is what's going to happen is that like they're trying to get the public aware of Bitcoin because, you know, people already made their money in Bitcoin. Like, so you start getting the retail investors, you and me involved and we buy it. And then all of a sudden we lose our money and that's how the banks win. Um, So Daniel, you're right. You're completely right. Like what's to stop them from like the people who own the majority of it, like being corrupt. Uh, The point is to be, this is why I think it's worthwhile for us to be talking about this is to know, know more in this space, to be involved in this space, because it's always the first who start to dictate the rules. And from my perspective, the banks are now lobbying to, to change those rules. Like I, I own a cryptocurrency, which is one of the most conspiracy, like conspiracy theories. Um, like, riddled and laden uh currencies called uh xrp um and it's been also known to i guess uh have a lot of like uh trump supporters on it too but there are people who are also very very smart working on this actually at the company who created the the currency um but they were sued by the sec uh recently and so i had a colleague in brazil who wrote his dissertation on xrp and he and i were like talking more and more like uh when we were working together and he said like you know this is probably the future of technology it's going to be like entirely different it's going to be transferable from country to country we'll have kind of like international sovereignty as opposed to national sovereignty um like the fees for like uh 
paying in one and like transferring from one currency to another won't be like 10 to 15% like it is now. It'll be so much less. And then they slap an SEC lawsuit on XRP and it goes from 67 cents to 20 cents, which is billions of dollars of investments just lost. And he jumps ship because he's like, okay, like the SEC is like frightening people. But the reason behind the SEC was there was a guy who was the kind of, um, I think his name is Jim Clayton, who was a chair, had some connection to the banks, you know, um, to JP Morgan or Goldman Sachs and something. And it's just like so frustrating because, you know, this currency could have been like valued a lot more, probably around one to $2 range. Um, but the banks don't want it to happen because it goes against their margins. It goes against their status quo. And like I said, uh, earlier, like Janet Yellen, like she came from the federal reserve. I mean, we've now merged a federal reserve with the treasury. So we're going to have like this again, command and control economy. Um, but she comes from the banks. And if you, if you uh, ever watched Mr. Robot, Mr. Robot was pretty pretty good show from from my view, but it's it's awesome because like oh yeah, like uh, there was a scene where one of the banks was talking about like like look we can create this like we can take whatever coin like who cares about Bitcoin, um, and they had Janet Yellen in the room and it was just funny because you like fast forward to today, and her language is like we got to regulate Bitcoin because why she's been talking to the banks. The banks don't want a decentralized world. So yeah, it's an idealistic view from my point, but F these banks, they, they, their infrastructure sucks. They're building a bank right next door to me. And I, mm. I hope they, uh, you know, don't chip me like, uh, like you said earlier in the, the conversation <laughs> where they, they start monitoring my conversations they, and all. They already have Peter. Probably. Pretty much. Probably. But but I, yeah. I I believe in a world where where yeah like people are afraid of being their own banks and that 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 is what blockchain or I mean that's what distributed ledger technology is moving towards like the DeFi it's called like just decentralized finance and there's a lot of industries going into the decentralized world uh, faster than we kind of may want to be aware of but. That to me is is what what I think needs to happen, and the banks, in order for them to survive, are going to have to figure out how to have a smaller footprint, have smaller transactions, and not always want to crush innovation technology. Well, that's that was that's the whole thing um, around the traditional role that banks played in in a, in a historical sense, right. Is Killing ideas. They, were the keep, they were, they were the keepers of value as opposed to investment banks. And so now they are mercenaries banks. They, uh, <laughs> kill, they kill, like, they kill all, all, all ideas. I think there's a point there too, as far as, um, you know, if, if there is this, you know, end or ideal state around, decentralized financial systems that ultimately provide more stability for people with their finances. I mean, that's a huge threat to modern financial institutions now because that's how people make money in this world is they, they make money off of volatility. Um, they don't make money off of stability. 
It's true. Like people, that's that's the banks, man. They wanna they wanna make money, right, off of people's volatility and and fear. And and to me, we gotta be smarter people. We gotta be not submitting to the banks and 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 really trusting them. Um, so like, <laughs> when is uh, going back to a, a past episode? When is Wu Tang gonna update their cream song? Cash rules everything <laughs> around me. To crypto rules everything <laughs> around me. Am I right? <laughs> get that get that money. Ones and zeros and zeros, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was very good, Adam. Yeah. Good join. Also, here's another joke that I wrote down in my notebook. Um. You know, you can mine cryptocurrency or Bitcoin, but can you mime cryptocurrency or Bitcoin? <laughs> Do you think there are mimes working <laughs> to find Bitcoins? Um, hold on. I have a couple other ones. <laughs> we we got we to gotta create these fillers for you. Um, and on our next episode, we'll have... <laughs> Uh, what could you use um, Bitcoin for? Buying a pack of gum? That would be quite an expensive uh, pack of gum. $34,000, am I right? So I would give you like 0. 000, 000, 000, 000, like No, two. see, I, I know Bitcoin. You can't divide Bitcoins. Sorry. <laughs> okay. It's not just one Bitcoin I would give you. <laughs> Here's one Bitcoin. Could I get changed for a Bitcoin, please? <laughs> I mean, I could keep going. I, I don't have any more written down, but I'm sure I can come up with some. Oh, what did the um, uh, old Bitcoin say to the newly discovered Bitcoin? What? I don't know. Welcome to the block. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah! that's actually not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. So I think you might need to frame it a little bit better. I'm Bitcoin from the block, just like J-Lo. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, They're no. all golden. <laughs> it's a gold mine. It's a gold they mine. They are something. <laughs> well, but, I, I think... Uh, you know, Peter, are there any uh, parting thoughts that you want to leave us with? You know, things that we didn't get to. I think we covered mm. most of what we had outlined. Well, yeah, I, I mean, a good question for you guys is to think: Will they outlaw cryptocurrency? I think, like, I, I think, given the current power structures of our financial institutions, is that cryptocurrency for the foreseeable future will continue to be a niche, niche. Um, investment opportunity for people i think i i don't know you know you can you know you can invest in cryptocurrency via your 401ks i uh i did not know that actually yeah well i i I have uh because my own 401k so i could use it through fidelity and you you also can get like a trading account if you wanted to not do it via um but there are there are like grayscale investments. So when we were talking about like 2007, 2011, those like bull markets that were just really people, those were people exchanging. That was that was the world. Today, it's institutions like the institutional investor going in and buying. Uh, grayscale investment is a big fund. Um, MicroStrategy is a company in DC 
but they're yeah. predominantly owned by Mike Blackrock. And there's this guy, Michael Saylor, the CEO, who basically was like, hey, guys. Uh, <laughs> he basically was like, anybody want to go on this ride of buying Bitcoin with me? So he took like his his treasury of US dollars and put it in Bitcoin in March, right? He put yep. like his his treasury and was like, I'm going to put it in Bitcoin. That was a pretty smart idea, considering it was around eight thousand or so when he bought it, and it's now like thirty-four thousand or something. Um, yeah, their stock price is lo- looks like the side of a cliff, essentially going up <laughs> over between uh, between what like August and now. It's crazy, and and that's where you got to look at like the guys who are doing it. Right, it's not me anymore. It's not like the U.S. used cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and Litecoin to send remittances to Venezuela last year. So you tell me who's the the like corrupt one, right? Um, what's what they're saying is they're trying to get people out, like individuals out. So if that happens, it it's only like people who have long time horizons, who have millions and billions of dollars that can invest in cryptocurrency. And then, you know what? They're the ones who, who win. And that's, that's why I'm not going away. Uh, and I think we should talk more about this because it's like there's so much around this information like, and space because we didn't like, touch on the different projects of like, where everything becomes collateral, um, like your house, your like, beachfront property you want to like, visit or something. Like, you can start, everyone can like, basically be investing in that and have a piece of that. And that's... that's kind of more fair and equitable as opposed to these banks who are scaring everyone and Janet Yellen saying, uh, you know, it's used by terrorist organizations and such. That is to scare people from not investing. So it's it's something where I think we got to be smart. And that's what I, I would part on is like, don't always trust. <laughs> I know I'm sounding like, like that crazy man, but don't always trust the media. Question everything. Um, but also question it again and question it again of why they're saying it because there's only one way to really follow things and it's following their actions, not their words. And that's, yeah. that's, that's true for anything. Yeah, I, I, I think there's a, there, there's a, a balance that can be struck around. Don't trust anything, but think critically about what people's motivations are and people, organizations, governments countries what what have you i think there's it I, I, the 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 motivations are pretty clear in my opinion and i think if you look past that one layer you know one or two layers of bs you can get to those core motivations pretty quickly and therefore in a logical sense you can you know a, a lot of the actions by these actors you know be it individual people or you know, financial institutions or governments, they they follow along very logically to make sure that they get that they can extract the most value out of that, you know, out of the interaction or out of out of the message as possible. So I think it's just a. I would say it's uh, in in my opinion, it's not a distrust. You know, don't trust anyone. It is a think critically about who, what, where, and why this may be happening and why they're saying this. So. Yeah, I mean, we're getting to like critical thinking ways, and I, and I, and that's why I would like you can go with like Elon Musk touts like the first principle view, right? So you kind of like start to break it down, and then you get down to the fundamentals of 
what is actually first and driving it. And, and that, that to me is why I would say like, you got to question, 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 because, um, or ask why, why, why not always question people's motives because motives may take you to some different place. Like, like I think Daniel was mentioned, like what, like some people could be just corrupt, right. And they could. So like, mm-hmm. you're, you're just going to follow people who are corrupt and that's going to take you that way. You should, you should always have your strong values in, in yourself and who you, and what you believe in and, and really kind of start to then question that. And that, that's where I wouldn't necessarily argue with you, Adam. I would just say we should probably switch that, that frame of thinking from like not just critical, but to like continually question the root cause of it and then question the, the principle of why they're doing that. Um, motivations are feelings and, and, and especially in investing and cryptocurrency and, and any, any way we live in can become very emotional. Like I, me talking, I, I I can, I can hear that I've been emotional and and like feeling these things, but it's, it's because I, I believe in this. Daniel, any Ah. parting thoughts for our, for our guest? Um, invest in gold, everybody invest in gold. Um, but seriously, thank you so much, Pete. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, well, I am. Uh, I'm honored to be on the episode after. I don't know what what number are you guys? This is forty. This is forty six, bro. Oh wow, are we really forty six aligning with the yeah. inauguration? Forty six presidents. Yes. Oh my god, it's like the crypto planets have aligned. Uh, Peter, thank you so much. Um, can you stick around for recommendations? Yeah. Sweet, um, Adam. We we're strange in that we've recorded twice in one week. Yeah. Have you done any of the recommendations recently? Um, what, did, what did you recommend, Daniel? <sighs> Adam, last week, last episode, I recommended that you listen to one of the comedy bang bang best of twenty twenty episodes. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I I have not listened to that good. yet, but it is literally in my queue. Oh my god, yes. In the queue. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, please listen to it. I would like to discuss it with you at some point. I think I recommended Violet Orlandi. Yes, Violet Orlandi and the new Foo Fighters singles. Yes. Uh, yeah. Pete's uh, laughing at your love of Foo Fighters. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't I didn't know if that still existed, you know. They Whoa, are they Foo Fighters playing yeah. at the yeah, Aren't they played at the inauguration or playing yeah. they're playing at the inauguration and they have a new album coming out uh in, next month. Thank you very much. No yeah, problem. thanks Pete. Thanks. Okay. Okay. T Hanks. Um well Peter, what would you like to recommend to us this week? Huh. Well, I mean, I touched on a few TV shows so I could do like uh since we since we were talking about cryptocurrency, you got Mr. Robot to to look into you got um devs which is dealing with quantum computing um also very interesting topic because one of the one of the kind of views of bitcoin is that it can potentially be all pre-mined via quantum computing um so so devs is an interesting show to check out uh for fluff on a tv show you could check out midnight diner which is a, a tokyo uh show on netflix and then um, I guess a book I, I had a, 
Alyssa recently buy that I'm interested in is Braiding Sweetgrass, which is about indigenous wisdom, scientific knowledge, and the teaching of plants. Oh, cool. That sounds neat. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, I'm going to check out that book and all the other stuff that you talked about. Midnight uh, Diner, I, Mr. Robot, and Devs. I do need to go back and watch. Uh, I, I never finished Mr. Robot, so I need to go back and rewatch the whole Yeah, stuff. isn't that weird? I never finished it either. And then <laughs> and then I started looking at some of this stuff, and I'm like, holy crap, like Bitcoin was in this? <laughs> like, like this is all about like a decentralized world and bringing down the system. And how did I not connect these dots? <laughs> it's okay. But you did now, Peter. You are... You are crypto woke if thank yeah. goodness for our podcast i know to your billions of listeners i hope you i hope some people find this interesting i'm sure it'll be very esoteric for many and they'll be like what this is so stupid <laughs> why are you talking about bitcoin i want to hear foo fighters and wu-tang and music and <laughs> blah, 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 blah. exactly what all of our reviews sound like <laughs> Um, Adam, what would you like to recommend this time? Um, I would like to recommend the movie The American President. Uh, it goes back to our discussion a long time ago about The West Wing, but it is a, it is a feature-length film. Um, Didn't you used to watch yeah. The West Wing, too? I remember when we first met in college. I still we did a whole West Wing episode, Peter. Come on. Oh, shit. That is part of my <laughs> Um, but the American president, the movie, it was written by Aaron Sorkin. It wasn't directed by Aaron Sorkin, but it was written by him. And actually, uh, Martin Sheen is in there actually as the chief of staff, but very mm. similar premise as far as, uh, a, 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 a stylized look at us politics and a stylist and perhaps idealized look at us politics, but it's, it's, it just came on Netflix. Like, uh, earlier this month. I'm going to recommend two things this time around. Um, Adam, I think I recommended it in one of our very first episodes. It is the Sneak Attack podcast. It's a play-along D&D podcast. I know that you're um, kind of re-listening to the Adventure Zone, or maybe yeah. you stopped doing that. Um, Still listening. But I think it's a good companion piece to the Adventure Zone because it is really like almost like you're at the table sitting down with people playing. Uh, it is very funny, but they um, were in their season two before COVID hit and then they kind of stopped releasing episodes and they recently, I guess in November or something, decided that they would not continue the podcast. But season one is really, really good and is like a high fantasy D&D story. Um, so that's Sneak Attack Podcast. Check it out if you haven't listened to it. And then going off the idealized version of politics, Adam or Pete, have you guys watched Veep on HBO? I've watched a few episodes, yeah. Mainly because I'm a my old Seinfeld bug. So Hell yeah. Adam? I, I, I have, yeah. It's Okay. All right. Well, then if you haven't, uh, listeners out there, billions and billions, watch Veep. Um get you the real view of politics over the idealized version. <laughs> what is it? What is the idealized version again? The West. Uh, yeah. The idealized version is the West wing and Martin Sheen cursing at God. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know how he does. Damn you, you feckless thug. 
Damn you, you national cathedral, for being so big. I need to be closer to the bathroom these days. What was the one with Kevin Spacey, House of Cards? Yeah. Mm-hmm. House of Cards. We don't, want- uh, I, uh, I watched the first few seasons of that. Um, you know I- what? That really became like political science fiction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I, I don't know. Do you, I guess... Because I worked in in DC with a couple of the like defense contractors, and so I was like, too real, too real to life. <laughs> yeah, it was very real. <laughs> so. I don't know how many times I had to push somebody in front of a metro train <laughs> to silence them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> two hey. as as many as the stars in the sky. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Sorry, I wax poetic when I uh, talk about murder. <laughs> We found the DC Metro Killer. <laughs> we got you, Daniel. Got you. I suspected it all along. But we I'm got going to pay my bail in Bitcoin. <laughs> oh, man. Bringing it back around. And you know on it. That, on that note. We on will that note? The, yes, on that note. We will wrap up this evening's episode. Um, Daniel. Uh, yes. We apparently have some manner of social media presence. Exactly. Um, so we are on Twitter at Passion Fruits P2, Instagram Passion Fruits Podcast. And yes, we are on Facebook Passion Fruits Podcast. You can email us at passionfruitspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a blog called passionfruitspodcast.home.blog where you can read some great stuff and great musings about the world. Well, thank you so much, Pete. This was a lot of fun. Thank you, thank Adam. You. No, thank you. Thank you. Oh, (laughs) Adam, Adam was being the dick and saying, you're welcome. Uh, (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.